Jingle bells, Batman smells, Robin laid an egg. What does that even mean? Bruce Wayne can't afford deodorant? Robin laid an egg? Is that because he's a bird? But he's a boy. I don't understand. While you're pondering those thoughts, this is the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number 97 for the week of Wednesday, the 25th of December, 2013. I'm Ben, and joining me tonight are... John. And Adam. This episode is brought to you by Superpower Collectibles and ActionFigureBlues.com. Tonight, our Toy of the Week is the Playmates, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Spider Bites action figure, and our discussion topic is figure stands. Guys, it's been a few weeks. How you been? We're great. I'm well. Excellent. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas and all that stuff. Did you just call me a ho. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you offered your stuff, though, so. That's right. Different connotations to times gone by. So I hope you're all in the uh, the festive spirit at the moment. Yep. Yep, yep, I was uh, talking to Mrs. Shake today and we were talking about uh, Christmas movies and you know, what Christmas movies we could sit down and watch with our girls. And uh, she asked me what my favourite Christmas movie was. And if you're playing along at home, the wrong answer is Die Hard. So... Why? <laughs> it's mine. I don't know. I know, I know. Next on my list was Bad Santa, which was also uh, given a flick. So, anyway. That's so, what you been up to? Trading places up there on my list. Oh, good point. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about that one. Very nice, very nice. Batman Returns? No. No, you're fired. <laughs> Returns is good. Yeah. Mm. Well, I'm not a big fan of the Penguin. There was a point at which it started to go downhill, which was admittedly the second movie, but, you mm. know. No. Oh, come on. You know that other movie with um, What's-Its-Face and... Whoever the the Batman movie that doesn't exist. Yeah, I'm sorry, I still never seen it. Yeah, that mm. was a Christmas movie, wasn't it? <laughs> I don't know. I, I I've never sat down to to watch it, and I, 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 I never will. Oh, very nice. Yeah, well done. If you done. really want to punish people, go and find yourself a copy of National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. 2. Oh, come on, that movie's no, no, two. Oh, two. Oh no. Ooh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what's happening, John? How's the weather over your way? Um. Well, we had snow earlier in the week. You know, we've had, okay. I think I said last week we had about four inches of snow on the ground. And yesterday it got up to 50 degrees. 50 degrees Fahrenheit. Ugh. And rainy. So. Okay. So for those of us that live in the part of the world that we do, um, I think Adam, what were you getting up to over 100 degrees the other day? We had 42 Celsius. That's that's hot. So we don't get snow here at all. I mean, it's a, a once every ten years kind of deal. So, w- what's a nice amount of snow, John, compared to too much snow that you can't get the car out of the driveway and all that sort of thing? Um, probably what we had about four inches. I mean, that would be a nice white Christmas, I would think. Hmm. Okay. Cool. So you don't have to sort of get out the snow blower and all that sort of thing. Oh no, you would. I mean, you know, just a dusting would be. Non snowblower. I didn't shovel my driveway because I, I knew it was going to warm back up. I'm like, I'm not going to go out there and have a heart attack. <laughs> Fair enough. And Fair enough. Because it hit, you know, because of the temperatures it hit in the rain, it's all gone. All of it. Yeah. 
So ah, we'll have to wait and see if we get actual snow. Yeah, yeah. Adam, what's been happening over your way? Well, apart from the weather outside being frightful. It's yeah, um, been beat, but you've copped it pretty bad. I think you were the hottest uh, city in the country at one point there. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. Um, yeah, not too much. Uh, wrapped up work for the year, so I've got uh, the weekend and Monday and Tuesday to do whatever I need to do. Nice. Um, which is, so far today, proved to be trying to finish off as much as the Christmas shopping as we could, and I think we're almost done. Very nice, very nice. Yes, yes. we're done too. Well, speaking of Christmas shopping, maybe we should get onto the news and talk about stuff. Wait, I got a question first. <laughs> uh, did you guys have carrigans at work for, you know, you guys do that, you know, where everybody brings a dish in or, or something like that? Uh, we have similar sorts of things. We have morning teas and, yeah. 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 Well, we did that and we did it for Thanksgiving as well, which is, you know, our American like, November holiday. And... Somebody at that one, the one in November, brought in a jar, you know, one of those big jars of the pink pickled eggs. Oh, okay. Is that appropriate for an office carry-in to you guys? You know, that's something that's you just don't see in Australia. That that whole pickled egg thing is yeah. almost non-existent here. I, I don't think I've ever seen them. I, I thought they were just, you know, something they kept in bars for, you know, pets. Mm, mm. Is it like a century egg? Kind of. It's not okay. in this pink liquid. It must be vinegar or something. Why? Hard-boiled eggs. I don't Why? Know. I don't know. I I don't like hard-boiled eggs enough to even try one, so... Why don't you just scramble them and have them with bacon, bacony goodness? Yeah, I don't know. Poached. Mm. Poached. All right. There's something else for our listeners to ponder. Okay, I'm done. All right. Let's move on to some news. The signal goes out. The ferocious feline is on the prowl. But Bruce Wayne's custom coop is loaded with surprises. Batman returns. What was that? It's Batman. But Batman's unstoppable. No, I'm not. Batman strikes back. Batman returns. Bruce Wayne figure included with custom coop. Other figures sold separately. Well, before we get to our main features, we start each episode with a bit of news, and articulated news is where we discuss the latest events and announcements in the toys and collectibles world. We're not a comprehensive toy news service. These are just the stories that relate to the things we're interested in and have caught our eye this week. And Adam has our first piece of news. Take it away, Adam. I do indeed. So starting off with my bits of news, we have a Lord of the Rings Gandalf 1-6 figure. This guy is coming to us from... That's an interesting point. It's Asmus Toys. Asmus Toys. Who, yeah. Who, I've never heard of them. Asmus Toys, well known for their, um, you know. Their thing. Hmm. Hmm. But look, Righto. to give them credit, it's a nice piece. Yeah. It, it's Gandalf the White, though, so. Yeah, why? Why, why start with that? Uh, I think, you know, you'll you'll get variants from this sort of thing. Huh. Stay tuned. They, they apparently have done other... Um, things, uh, other licenses such as Terminator and uh, whatnot. So they seem to be uh, quite busy in the one-six scale department. So that <laughs> looks kind of cool. I mean, it looks nice. Yeah, they've done like an Ace Ventura and that in the past. So okay. Yeah, I, I think it's a nice looking piece. I think it's um, like yeah, it's pretty decent. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And they seem to have gone to town. That seems to come with a, a whole bunch of extras too, which is nice. Yeah. That, now I need a. Of one sixth Patrick Stewart. <laughs> That's right. 
<laughs> one, one six Santa Claus, and you could, you know, recreate that picture that came out this week. Yeah. All right. Are, are those guys friends, or are they yeah. friends? No, because he's married. Uh, Patrick Stewart's married hmm. to one of Beard. the next-gen producers. Hmm. Okay. There you go. Yeah, fair enough. Oh, if you're interested in a uh, Gandalf the White, then mm. keep an eye out for that one from Asmus Toys, who are known for stuff. Yep. Now, I know who the next people are. The next people are Lego. And, uh, <laughs> oh, they've announced more, more Ninja Turtle toys. Oh, just move who on. Are these people? <laughs> Lego, you know, manufacturers of, uh, blockable, buildy brick things. <laughs> you know them. You've seen their stuff. Huh. Um, so there's a turtle van takedown. There's a big rig snow getaway. There's a turtle lair invasion. A corral bike escape. Mutation chamber unleashed. A T-rocket. Sky Strike and a Turtle sea, Sub Undersea Chase set. So they range from, you know, $13 up to $100 US in price. And in Australia, Lego is notoriously expensive compared to the US, at least 50 or 60% more. So looking at that Turtle Air Invasion with a retail of $100, that'll have to be a fairly decent set, I would imagine. Yeah, you'd hope. Mm. Feel a bit chipped otherwise. I came so close to collecting this stuff, I really... I was a number of times walked past it in, in the toy aisle and, and almost gave in. I'm really, I've always been a Turtles fan right back from the black and white days. Um, you know, I've got the original black and white magazine sized comics, et cetera, and uh, really enjoying the new animated series. So this was very, very tempting. But, uh, just recently, one of our stores in Australia actually had all the, the Ninja Turtles Lego half price. Wow. Oh, wow. Uh, Mm, everything was half price and I almost, almost bought in. Um, but I'm glad I didn't because here's another seven sets to collect down the track. So it starts to get pretty pricey. The uh, turtles yeah. that they show pictured, the minifigs look pretty cool. Yeah, and a lot of the sets that they did bring out for this are actually quite fun. I feel like some of the superhero ones have really been sort of pushing... Um, the boundaries of, of you know, uh, like, for instance, the Iron Man speedboat chase thing just came across as really, really lame. But the Ninja Turtles ones just seem to be a, a whole lot of fun. There's a lot of really, really good stuff. And the new series is, is obviously um, creating new characters but resurrecting some of the old ones. So there's an endless amount of characters they can draw from. <laughs> yeah, you can see a little spider bites in there, it looks like. Indeed. Indeed. Hmm. So the next item will be one that I, I definitely buy, and I'm just waiting to see it being available for pre-order, and that is uh, SH Figure Arts Sailor Venus. Um, she will fit in, I would, in scale with uh, the rest of the Sailor Scouts, and we've seen, known that she's coming for a while. We just hadn't had a release date, so she's due out in, I think it was May this year. So she definitely fits into a series that you've been collecting already? Yeah, she will be the fourth one out. Um, there's been some chat on the uh, interwebs about why we're getting Venus ahead of Jupiter, considering that it should be the other way around, according to the um, the comics and the anime. But, you know, I hardly care enough to complain. Um, and she comes with the usual level of figure arts, accessories, um, as well as a little Artemis. So that's the white cat. The cat, yeah. Moon. It doesn't actually, I mean, it says that it's out in May 2014, but there's no retail. But these are normally around sort of, what, 45 US? Yeah, I think around there. Sorry. Okay, cool. Hmm. 
And my final bit of news is that Toynami have announced a 30th anniversary collector set of Voltron. So you'll get, this is the Lion Force Voltron, so you'll get all five lions, you get a, a display stand, um, and you get the um, the burning sword and the, the star shield thing. Jeez. So that looks pretty cool. It's a it's a nice looking piece, isn't it? Yeah, they've gone to town on that one. And it breaks down. It's like I mean, I'm yeah, not sure. When you know, I thought it was twelve inches. If it would actually break down or not? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a nicely detailed piece, and I mean, you've got full LED light up eyes with replaceable batteries. They go out of their way to point out, but uh, it seems like some pretty good articulation based on some of the promo shots there. Yeah, it's definitely better than the original toy set was. Hmm. So we're waiting on a price for that one, but yeah, that one makes you nervous because I mean, it looks like some of it's diecast. Hmm. And it also looks like if you look at the base, it looks like it's got all the um, it's got slots for all the the weapons that the individual lions had as well. Uh, okay. Yep. That's very nice. I like that. Mm. Yeah. Nice. On your list, Excellent. Adam. Um, I'll have to see a price for it first because considering I have all the vintage lions, I'm kind of going, eh, do I really want it? And it's not a show I'm getting back and watch because I've heard bad things about how well it holds up over time. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, thank you, Adam. John, what you got for us? Um, well, first up, we have a Balrog statue. And, yes, we were talking about Gandalf earlier, so you immediately think Lord of the Rings, but this is uh, the Street Fighter version, and it is uh, <laughs> a statue. Which fits in with the other statues we've seen, you know, in this yeah. line. Um, I, mean, I think it was only a few weeks ago we talked about Goro, didn't we? And so yeah. they've got that sort of whole Street Fighter Mortal Kombat thing happening. Mm. Um, there's a standard edition and a crazy Buffalo edition. So, <laughs> um, of course, if you're a fan of the game, you will. Uh, oh, and then there's a player two version too as well. So. Right. Uh, running about three hundred and forty, three hundred and forty-five dollars. Uh, he's bloody big. I mean, he's seventeen yeah. inches tall. That's a, and yeah. he's he's not a small man. So he's that would be a big ass statue. I'm just trying to figure out: is he multimedia? Is his like shirt fabric looks like maybe? It certainly looks that way. Don't yeah, I think it is. Yeah, real tough mm. clothing. So, yeah, um, yeah. That's kind of scary in itself, right there. I don't think I'd like, unless it's hollow, I don't know that I'd like to be paying air freight on that sucker. No. I thought the Street Fighter once had a different base, but, cause this just, the way it's shown is just a, mm-hmm. a plain base. And the, the crazy buffalo looks like it's a part of an interchangeable head, it probably is. Um, the look that he has on his face, which, yeah, crazy buffalo fits. Yeah. yeah. Nice. So. It says that it's 7.71 kilo, Ben, so. Okay. That's not insubstantial. Very good. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of cool. Then next up, uh, Funko and their uh, reaction and six-inch legacy figures. We we had talked about those a little bit. They've made their announcements for Buffy and um, Firefly. Hmm, interesting. uh, Yeah, it is interesting because, uh, you know, I'm sure all the brown coats out there will be, you know, clamoring because we've never really had... Uh, a firefly, you know, firefly type collectibles like that. So, yeah, I think some, uh, I think people are going to be caught up in the whole announcement because I don't think people quite realise just what reaction 
you know, figures mm. means. Um, and I mean, certainly Buffy was a bit of an odd choice. I don't know whether it just came in under the, you know, the whole Joss Whedon licensing or something like that. But, um, I mean, Diamond Select did a pretty good job with the, the Buffy and Angel six inch action figure lines. Uh, plenty yeah. of figures covered most of the characters. Well, they don't say Buffy Legacy series, so um, mm. I'm assuming they're not doing the uh, six-inch ones for, mm. for Buffy. It looks like they're maybe just doing those for Firefly, which, yeah. is, which is okay. And, um, you know, I mean, you'll have your probably six-inch uh, the Legacy, probably detailed figures that we'll see for Firefly, and then you'll, you know, if you want to go retro, you'll have the reaction ones. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure we'll be talking about this again when we get oh. some prime shots. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, but I, I would think the chance to put a, uh, a vintage style, you know, Mal or Jane mm. next to, you know, your vintage Han Solo, I think that would be be pretty cool. True. True. Yeah. What I'm what I'm waiting for are the diorama builders to grab hold of this. Yeah. <laughs> that'll be that'll yes. be something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to keep an eye out for some uh, some actual images of those. Yeah. And next up, we got some Maddie news because, you know, we love Mattel. <laughs> but instead of figures this time, uh, they've uh, announced, it looks like, a couple of uh, prop replicas for, well, it looks like we probably missed their sale date, but uh, their uh, Neutrino wand, which is the Ghostbusters gun, I guess you could say. Yep, yep. And... um Next one is kind of an odd one. It is the '66 uh, Batman utility belt in Batarang for $125? Mm. I mean, you know, looks nice. Replicas, so um, I'm assuming that it's some kind of it's a 43 inch belt. I could fit that. <laughs> That's not too bad. Looks like it's adjustable. It looked okay. I, you know, I saw the price on it and I was like, well, that's for Mattel. That's really not all that bad. Um, mm. It looks more hard plasticky to me than it does like vinyl or something. So I don't know yeah. um, how well that'll hold up over time. But uh, makes you realize just how impractical it probably was. Yeah, mm. yeah. And uh, you know, there's a battering comes with it, and the battering looks like it's all plastic and uh, it folds up and fits on the belt. I'm not so impressed with the battering. Hmm. I think if you were, I mean, obviously with the resurgence in, in popularity of this due to all the uh, merchandise that's been coming out, um, if you are a diehard fan of this show, this would be something that would just look really cool on top of the mantle above the TV or something. Yeah, and you know, honestly, I bet you uh, it probably isn't all that off from what the real one actually would have looked like. Mm. You know, I mean, with Star Wars props, you sometimes see that with the replicas. They'll either make a hero version, which is as close as you will see to what you think it looks like, and then they'll do, like, a real, okay, this is what yeah. the prop would have looked like. And yeah. then you're always kind of like, really? You know? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, no. If it floats your boat, good luck to you. Yeah, but neat little, uh, neat little things. Uh, the Neutrino wand, I'm... I've seen plenty of prop builders out there build that one, so. Yeah, yeah. But I guess if you're lazy or just, you know, you've got the uh, dexterous abilities of Scott, then uh, this is just a quick sort of uh, quick workaround, expensive workaround. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and if you don't have, you know, if you want to make the costume, you still got to make a proton pack, so. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. That's okay. And my last little bit of news here is Think Geek has the exclusive 
uh, Doctor Who Titan vinyl Ninth Doctor. So if you want the uh, Eccleston version of uh, Doctor Who, um, this is the place to get the Titan. And apparently it's the exclusive place to get it, which is kind of unusual. I don't know if that's just in the States or I'm sure it must just be the States. Um, I can't even find him on the website, so I'm kind of wondering if maybe he sold out. Okay. Well, interesting seeing ThinkGeek sort of expand out. I mean, before they were just sort of a, you know, a, a site that, you know, gathered cool stuff together, but to start organizing exclusives, uh, it's quite interesting. Yeah, I hadn't really heard of them having an exclusive like that before. Um, mm. he was cool. I, I, I know I got a shot with them. There's only two pages here, so, uh, let me, let me just look. Um, little pricey on the Titan side, cause, uh, there he is. Uh, $17.99 if you want this exclusive version, so. Okay. Um, you know, I was paying between 7 and 10 for, for Titans, so, uh, you know, 18 bucks plus shipping. Uh, mm. It's a little, little high, but I mean, no, it's at least, an exclusive, so. Yeah, at least it's not sold out, which is nice. Yeah, no, it's not sold out, so if you wanna, wanna get that for your, uh, your Doctor Who fan, go and, uh, check it out. Very good. Oh, and I, do have, I do have one last little announcement. Uh, if you're a Facebook um, sticker fan, like uh, Scott loves to communicate by those, um, they announced uh, this week that there are Lego minifigure stickers. So um, he found this out when I woke him up at midnight the other night with a uh, chicken suit guy uh, sticker. Uh, so um, he got an angry reply back. But, no, nice. <laughs> All right. Thank you, sir. All right. I'm going to rock out some news now. And um, showing that they have their finger on the pulse, NECA have uh, a pretty cool visual guide to their Predator series. If you go to the NECA online um, website, so NECAonline.com, there's a really nifty PDF that you can download that shows basically all the Predator six-inch action figures that they've done to date. Uh, and for someone like me who actually collects this line, it's actually really, really cool because, to be honest, I start to lose track a little bit of just what they've released and what I've got and uh, because I don't get every figure, just trying to remember which ones I still need, etc. So the fact that they've updated it, um, you know, is actually pretty cool. So, and it makes you sort of realise just how many they've done because I can see quite a few that I still don't have. So, I, I just like this because every now and then you collect a line like this and you just wonder, um, you know, what's out there and what you haven't got. And so, it's nice to have some sort of reference material like this because otherwise you're just depending on you know some fans out there to put something together on their website. Well, especially if. Um you know, those, if you don't want to display your whole collection, you know, I've, I've actually got a, a Star Wars poster that has the first, I don't know, 500 figures on it or something. Mm. And, um, I know, uh, there's a, uh, G.I. Joe, uh, one that a guy had at Jocon, a poster with all the original, like 82 through 89, I think is what the first one was. Um, you know, figures on it. Those are kind of nice pieces in your collection room if you don't want to mm. display, like, the whole, um, you know, the whole thing. Or if you don't want to put every figure out, it's kind of nice to have those up and have them kind of yeah. in your collection. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I shall be making use of that one. Um, and speaking of NECA, um, following up on their 8-inch style Mego, uh Freddy and Jason figures, they've announced they'll be releasing Ash from Evil Dead uh, next March. 
And we've got a pretty cool promo shot. So this, again, is in that Mego style, so you get sort of that sort of, I don't know, the cheesy clothing type thing, um, which looks, looks a bit funny, but then they've really gone to town on stuff like his chainsaw. I think looks great. It's uh, not a bad um, likeness. And he's got a pretty cool uh, expression on his face there. Um, not th- th- This kind of vintage thing is not really my my sort of cup of tea, but um, it certainly is a nice-looking piece. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I wonder mm-hmm. if Justin will be over the line on this one. I know he's a huge Army of Darkness fan. I would think so. Mm, yeah, I'll have to see if it actually turns up anywhere. So no, no price on that one, actually. So I forget what the other one sold for, but I guess if you've got the first two, you'll probably be going that guy as well. And in other news, oddly enough, still with NECA, there's been a few promo shots out and about of some of their new 18-inch superhero figures. And the uh, first one is actually Batman Arkham Origins Batman. And it's a, a pretty hefty-looking piece because... Um, this Batman is armoured up, so he's a pretty chunky dude, and to, to say the least. And the promo shot here, it actually looks pretty good. I'm not a, a huge fan of the heavily armoured Batman. Like, I don't mind a few bits and pieces, like the, the gauntlets and that sort of thing. But um, the sculpt looks fantastic. He, he looks quite Batman-ish. Yeah. <laughs> I, I see. I don't mind an armoured Batman because it just makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> makes makes sense in a world where there's aliens and people can fly. Well, it, yeah. it makes sense that he would do that, mm. especially in today's world. You know, I, I think the the Batman that I remember from a kid being a kid, it probably wouldn't have made sense then. But you know, I mean, every soldier now on the battlefield and the police and everybody wear body armor now. So yep. why wouldn't Batman wear it? You know, it, it's readily available off the yeah. shelf. So you you'd expect him to do that. So I. It, you know, as we've gone along in Batman's history, I think it's became more acceptable, at least in my yeah. mind. Yeah. Oh, look, it's a fun-looking piece. That'll be out in March 2014, and so that's only three months away. I keep forgetting just how quickly the year is coming to an end. Um, and I noticed Necker are really keeping the price down on those too, so that's nice to see. Um, but in other news, we're also, it looks like we're teasing at a quarter-scale Thor, as in from the, uh, well, from Thor 2, basically. Um and uh, that's another pretty impressive looking piece. A lot of detailing on the costume. Looks like he's got a full cloth cape. Um, and you know, just looking at the detailing in that that costume, I'm really impressed. Um, not much of a promo shot so far to see how it sort of stacks up against Hemsworth, but uh, yeah, not too bad by the look of it. Uh, and the last one is actually Iron Man in the Midas armor. I hope you're all keeping track of which armor's which, because to be honest, I'm kind of over the whole Iron Man 50 suits of armor thing. Um, but this is that, that sort of goldish suit of armor that has silver and bronze highlights. Um, I think they're just sort of making use of an existing, um, sculpt. So, uh, but this one, um, I'll tell you what, if you paid an absolute fortune for the, the Hot Toys exclusive one, you might be a bit peeved because this one does actually look pretty darn good and is a fraction of the cost. Uh, it's probably going to be under $100. You're looking at blue LED lights, 25 points of articulation. Um, yeah, it's pretty nifty. Mm. Yeah, it'd be a nice little centerpiece for a collection, that's for sure. Hey. Yeah. So, and in the last bit of news, Sideshow have solicited their Red Death premium format statue. Um, don't know that you'd be getting away with displaying this guy um, in front of the the youngsters 
in the household because it's a pretty gruesome piece. Um, this is actually the second piece in their Court of the Dead series. The first was the uh, Queen of the Dead, uh, sculpted by Mark Newman. We commented about her and what a stunning statue she was, and this piece follows it up. So this is uh, particularly gruesome. I'll let people go in and, and read the description for themselves. But um, it's, a, it's a big piece, clocks in at 21 and a half inches tall. So, and I think it's going to set you back about $360. So, not quite for me, but uh, certainly if it was, um, if you like the Queen of the Dead, you might be tempted to add sort of the next piece in the line. Cape is creepy. Mm, It's got all the faces and. Yeah, oh. Mm. (laughs) It's a bit like that, isn't it? You know, I I like the zombie stuff they've done. I don't Mm. own any of it, but. I mean, I, I can appreciate it. This, I just, um, not doing it for me. It's, it's on, quite on the side of the grotesque, really. Yeah. But yeah, I know, yeah. You know, it's like something out of, uh, if you've ever seen any of the old Dante's Inferno illustrations, you know, the, the, the you know, old ones, not, you know, something modern. It looks like something <laughs> out of that. Yeah, it's kind of like Pan's Labyrinth on Acid. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, that was a, a lovely piece to finish off the news with. Oh, great. Read it. Yeah. Read during the holidays. <laughs> well, maybe we should uh, wrap up Articulated News and come back with a fun game, and uh, we'll have the next instalment of the AFB podcast game, Name That. Time for everybody's favourite podcast game, Name That. Our good friend John, aka Engineer Nerd from TV and Film presents us with an action figure sound, and the aim of the game is to guess where it's from. So, Mr. John, over to you. Well, thank you, Mr. Ben. Appreciate it very much. Um, did, last week we heard a commercial sound, and it was a little shorter than, than some of the other ones recently, so we will insert that sound right here. Obey the babysitter. B. Beg to stay up. C. Hit her with thermonuclear breath. And uh, I'll ask, did you guys have any guesses on this one? I have no idea. I figured it was something Godzilla related. And you would be correct. And uh, our friend Eddie over at the AFB Forum, that's afbforum.com, um, once again figured this one out. It is a Trendmasters Godzilla commercial. Ah, Eddie's on fire. I, I know. Well, I hope he's not literally on fire because that. No, 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 but, no. We don't want to speak ill of him, especially after the whole Rain Man incident. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't. Yeah, I'm afraid now. See, you know what he's gonna do? He's gonna go set himself on fire. We go, Ben. Nice. I, I don't know how he does it, but yeah, he just manages to come up with these things. I'm going to have to, like, pull out something super retro and see if I can throw him off his game. But, uh, <laughs> speaking of, of, of throwing him off his game, we will insert another new sound right here. We have an emergency! Look out! The prisoner is escaping! Launch the helicopter! We're in hot pursuit! We captured it! Yeah! Cool new police team from... Set sold separately. Batteries not included. And... Um, you know, because once isn't enough unless you're you're Eddie. So we'll we'll play it again for everybody else playing along. <laughs> right here. We have an emergency! Look out! The prisoner is 
the helicopter. We're in hot pursuit. We captured it. Yeah. Cool new police team from... And as always, if you want to uh, try and beat Eddie to the punch, um, come on over to afbforum.com and leave a guess, because, you know, guessing's cool. And um, I, I don't know, the Pog people are upset because apparently we ran out of Pogs, so I, I don't know what uh, we're going to give away uh, <laughs> next. But uh, Nice. We're working on that yet. And, uh, you know, if you'd rather play the picture version, come on over to tvandfilmtoys.com on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and that's when we play the picture version. I put up a picture, and it's just the same thing. You guess what it is. And you still get forum points, too, so, you know, that's always cool. cool. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, thank you, John. And uh, coming up next is the Toy of the Week. Morp with Talking Space Pack says eight things. Morp Talking Ragdoll says seven things. When you pull the string, you can never be sure what these two will say next. And here's Mork from Ork. And Ork Egg. And Mindy Doll, too. Five fun toys, each sold separately. <laughs> Mork Doll with Talking Space Pack. Other Mork collection toys are each sold separately. New from Mattel. Well, now it's time for one of our feature segments, and that's Toy of the Week. Each episode, we take turns looking at one toy or collectible in detail, and these might be a new release, so we might just talk about a favourite or bizarre item from our collection. And this week, I'm doing Toy of the Week, and uh, I'm going to take it away with the Playmates Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Spider Bites figure. Um, I have actually uh, reviewed a figure from this line before, and I think that was the Snakeweed figure in a rapid-fire review some time ago. And I've mentioned numerous times on the podcast just how much I'm enjoying the cartoon and the action figure line, I think, is coming along quite nicely. Um, one of the interesting things with the action figure line is it started off with a real bang. There was uh, the, the four turtles, there was Splinter, Shredder, April, Foot Soldiers, Krang Soldiers. The, the first couple of waves were just fantastic. You were just snapping up every figure. You were buying multiples for army building. And, uh, you know, once we got into a couple of sort of su- successive um, waves, the second and third waves, etc., we started getting some of those fun villains like Dog Pound, Leatherhead, etc. Um, and certainly, you know, if the TV show is anything to go by, there's certainly plenty uh, of, of fodder still to go. Um, as far as characters go, uh, one thing that's a little disappointing is we're starting to see, I mean, like any action figure line, I guess, uh, as an adult collector, you start to get some of those, um, lame figures. So we're starting to see variants of the turtles coming out and taking up slots in waves, which, yeah, I guess if you're a kid, that's fantastic. But for collectors like us, you know, you'd rather see Casey Jones or someone like that. Um, but, uh, this line, I'm really enjoying, I've, I've really gone to town with the army builders, I've been picking up the play sets, the vehicles, all that sort of thing, uh, and, and having a lot of fun. Um, Spider Bites is one of those figures that I think is not yet on the shelves here in Australia, and uh, recently things have changed in my household and I haven't been able to get to stores as often as I'd like. So um, I basically just thought, oh, I'll jump on Amazon, have a bit of a look, uh, Amazon tend to send toys international now um and so i actually picked up quite a few bits and pieces on amazon and shipping them to my door ended up being cheaper than if i bought them at retail at one of my local bricks and mortar stores <laughs> so yeah that that was quite interesting i picked up a cockroach terminator and some mouses etc so anyway moving on to this actual figure um this is uh, as i said it's from playmates and the new series came out in 2013 
Um, Spider Bites is uh, a villain on the show. He's uh, a human that's been mutated, um, and uh, because he had a spider on him at the time, he got turned into a Spider Man. Oh, jeez, can't believe I actually said that. Um, he's uh, the, one of the first things you notice is he's actually quite small. Um, this is one of the biggest criticisms I've had of this series, and that is that they continue to pack in some of these larger characters into this this sort of four-inch line and, and therefore make them quite small. Um, Spider Bites is actually a quite a large character in the uh, the series, um, not quite as big as someone like Leatherhead, but he's certainly quite large, and so they've really had to downsize him to, to feed him into the four-inch line into one of those blisters. So to, he's um, a funny little character. He's kind of like a beach ball with arms and legs, plus he's got sort of four spidery um, arms sticking out the top of his head or his head slash body. It's kind of all one thing. Um, he's actually quite small. So to the top of that head, you're probably looking at about six centimetres, about two and a half inches tall. Um, but if you actually go right to the top of those arms, if you stretch one of the arms up as high as it goes, you're probably looking at about six inches or 15 centimetres. So, um, you know, he, he does look fun next to the turtles, but, you know, really he's considerably undersized. I, I think my single biggest criticism of this series is that I think they really missed a good opportunity to have kind of like that um, I, I, that sort of premium format. I think they could have gone to a, a deluxe figure series um, side by side with the four inch and, and had bigger figures and throw in an extra turtle figure to sort of, you know, get that um, the kids looking at it. Um, so this figure, I mean, John, what, what do these figures retail around your your parts. I, think, I think you got it at the, about the ten dollar range. I, I don't think they're much more than that because I actually yeah. I saw him on the shelf. I was I was thinking about you actually because I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I haven't heard about that one. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, they were okay. in that ten dollar range, so they're pretty yeah. useful as far as figures go. So on the shelves in Australia, they're about uh, 15 uh, 15 Australian dollars. Pick them up a little bit cheaper. Um, I think from Amazon with postage to my door, they worked out to about $13 each. So these continue to the standard Playmates TMNT blister packaging. It's quite bright packaging. You've sort of got the the green and purple packaging with the the Ninja Turtles quite prominent. Um, So he fits in nicely. The arms that stick out the top of his head aren't attached. Um, so they're, they're sort of stuck a bit further down behind him and, and you sort of, um, once you get him out, you stick those in. Um, it's not collector friendly. This is one of those blisters that you actually have to rip open. Um, and you know, it's, once it's gone, it's gone. I have been opening mine. I'm, I'm not a mint on card collector as far as these, so that packaging disappears. Um, as far as the sculpt goes, you know, it's fairly basic. It, it looks fun. It, it meets a lot of the requirements. Um, I don't think the design suits action figures particularly well, um, in particular the way the arms and legs sort of stick out of his body slash head. I mean, he really is just a, a giant head with arms and legs. Um, so they've, they've done the best they can and... That, that starts to suffer a little bit in the sculpt because, um, it impacts on the articulation, which I'll get to later. Um, you know, the, the paint on and the color choices in this line aren't particularly strong. One of the things you do notice is that they do tend to favor the more popular characters. So the Ninja Turtles are higher in articulation and have got the nicer paint. Um, this one's fairly basic. You're talking, uh, cast in black plastic. The tips of his sort of spider legs are effectively just you know, dipped in green paint. Uh, he's got some red highlights that aren't even sort of washed or anything. It's just the red is painted straight on. And then he's got a single sort of, um, I guess, kind of an ivory colour used for his teeth. And that's pretty much it as far as the paint goes. Not 
applied particularly well, a little bit of paint slop, but for, I guess, this price point and this kind of kid's line, you really don't expect much more. So the colour choices and the quality of the apps are, are fairly basic. Um, as far as articulation goes, the figure suffers a little bit. He has no articulation in his legs at all, um, which is, I guess, in the scheme of things, is probably not a bad thing because the figure doesn't lend itself to uh, balancing particularly well. So his uh, legs are actually sculpted in such a way that he does sit quite firmly um, and once he is sitting down he isn't sort of top heavy or anything like that so he stands quite well um, he does have the the disc uh, shoulders so you can sort of rotate his arms up and down and, and sort of out and in um, doesn't really serve any purpose um, the kind of is there you know you don't sort of move them in any particular position and say that looks better it's kind of um, I don't know it's a bit of a nice gesture from the manufacturers um, where the articulation really comes in is the, the four legs that are sticking out the top of his head. You've got those four creepy spider legs. Um, they effectively have a, a ball socket that goes into the top of his head, which gives you a little bit of movement, not a great deal. Um, there's you know just some gentle movement. You can sort of turn them and, and rotate them uh, around a bit. There is a single disc um, hinge in the middle of the legs, so you can sort of uh, get them up nice and high, um, make that look like they're coming down to sort of stab somebody. Um, where this is let down a little bit is just the cheap plastic that the series is made from. Because it is cheap plastic, it's the, the legs are the sorts of things that if you want to move them, you really have to hold your fingers quite close to where the ball joint is. If you sort of take the, um, you know, the, the, the tip of the spider leg and try and move it, the legs are quite flexible just because the plastic is a little cheap. But, oh, look, you know, for that price point, it's uh, it's what you expect. So, you know, the playability, the posability is quite fun. You can get it into pretty nifty sort of positions. If you wanted to, you could probably sort of get those legs sort of wrapped around a, a ninja turtle or something like that. So he looks fun next to the other other villains um, as far as accessories go no um, this series is quite light on for accessories as we saw with the um, um, I mean the Ninja Turtles come with plenty of stuff but the villains come with very very little so yeah it's it's not a bad piece it's a, a fun continuation in the series let down again I think I, I mean I could probably stick with a cheap plastic and the bad paint if he was just uh, a bit bigger scale so look I think I'm going to wrap this up and probably give this guy a dolly rating of 6 out of 10. Hmm. You, you know what he looks like to me? <laughs> you're, like you're, an evil you're, you're evil Pac-Man? Oh, no, that's close, though. Um, evil Kool-Aid Man. Ah, yes. Good point. And now that you've said that, I can't see anything else. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. No, not yet. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. Auto-Morphine Power Rangers, this is Zordon. It's morphine time. Evil space aliens are approaching your location. Combine your weapons. It's your only hope. Karate action, Power Rangers. Use your hand-to-hand fighting abilities. Block, chop, and kick. Protect the Earth from evil space aliens. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers from Bandai. Grab the power. We're all here because we collect, and Feeding the Addiction is where we take the time to check in with each other and discuss any new acquisitions or pre-orders we've made. Guys, what you got? Nada. Yeah, I, I got a, a Christmas present at work, and that was it. Jeez, it's it's the festive season. You, you should be, like, rolling and stuff. Or you're waiting for the post-Christmas sales. Well, yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, I'll, you know, wait for that Sailor Venus to be available for pre-order. 
<laughs> Fair enough. Oh, I, heard, uh, I heard sailor penis, and I was a little... All right. Yeah. That's one line I'm not getting into. Sailor penis? <laughs> That's right. Well, I suppose uh, that leaves it up to me, and uh, I did pretty good this week. I got a, a box from Amazon, which I'll also talk about later, but um, this was my I don't have enough time, and I'm also too lazy to go out to the bricks and mortar stores and look for the new Playmates uh, Ninja Turtles figures, and so I just ordered them from Amazon, and they dropped them off at my door. So uh, I managed to get um, the Rat King, Spider Bites, Cockroach Terminator, and I actually got three of the Mouser packs, which are very cool. They come seven to a, a blister card, so they're, they're quite small. Holy cow, you've got like 20 of those? 21. 21, 21. yes. Wow. So that's a bit of fun, so I can't wait to actually unpack those and see what they all look like, sort of all standing around. And they, they've made a pretty good effort to make them different. It's not just the same figure seven times. They've um, just coloured them slightly different. and Yeah, so a bit of, bit of fun. That, that pack is cool. I actually picked that pack up and looked at it and was really tempted to get it, even though I don't have any of the other ones. Yeah, and I've also, because I've got the sewer lair playset, you know, one of these days when... The girls are old enough not to just run off with everything in different directions. I'd love to get the, the sewer layer up and running and get all those um, hand, um, oh, sorry, hand here, daredevil, um, all those foot soldiers going and get all the mouses happening as well. I think that would be good fun indeed. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, well, that was a pretty underwhelming feeding the addiction. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, if no one has that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad I managed to, to bring something. Well, I guess if no one has any other items to report, it's time to award another red card to something or someone in the toy universe. What is this, bizarro world? Well, red carded is a chance to poke fun at the WTF moments in our hobby, be they unusual announcements, a complete fail action figure, or worse, and... Handing out the penalty this week is me, and uh, continuing with the theme, we're talking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I mentioned in Feeding the Addiction that I received my stash from Amazon. And Amazon, 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 you you provide such a wonderful service, and then you follow it up with a red card. It's just, uh, there's times where I just, I, I just don't get the, the company. They They obviously are good at what they do and providing what they do, yet they continually send the worst packaging ever. Uh, I'm yet to see a company that does such a poor job of posting items. And what's worse is they send you an email and then ask you to rate the packaging. They, they want to know what you think of their packaging. And they must be doing this to millions of people. And so there's millions of people going, your packaging is shit. And then they still don't do anything about it. And then they still send emails asking what you think of their packaging. Uh, it, it's just the most bizarre process that I've seen. I've commented probably four or five times in the past on how poor Amazon's packaging is. And you never hear anything back. You never get better packaging. I, I, I just, I, I just wonder whether those emails are just automatically going into their spam folder or something. Mm. Let me ask you a question because I'm kind of curious. Do you think it's poor just because it's being shipped internationally or, um, you know, what? what, what well, imagine it like this. Let's just say you order, um, you know, six or seven Blu-rays. 
So now go and find a, a box that's probably the equivalent of a shoebox in size, so something that's probably too big for, for those Blu-rays. Pop them in the box and stack them neatly in one corner. Then in one of the remaining gaps, just throw one of those those big air bubbles, you know, those little plastic bags they fill with air and seal, and then tape it up and put it in the mail. Uh, and so I've had boxes arrive that have had, uh, and I mean, they obviously get good rates on shipping. So however they ship internationally, they're not just doing it through USPS. They're doing it through some kind of bulk thing where they obviously get a good discount because they can, you know, ship so cheaply, but you get what you pay for. And I've had boxes that have been completely torn open in one corner where you can actually read the label. You can read the titles on the blue rates through the hole in the box. Um, I've had the, the Amaray cases for DVDs and Blu-rays broken because they've, they've just been impacted so heavily and those weird air bubble things do nothing to, to help. Um, I've had, um, discs that obviously the boxes have been dropped so hard that the discs have come dislodged, um, from, from their sort of little spindle thing inside the cases. Like it really is appalling. But, uh, in this particular instance, and I'm, I'm going to comment about the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And that is when the figures arrived, I looked at the box and I thought, well, that's an interesting box. It's a lot smaller than I would have expected. And obviously the person who decided to pack this box was sort of looking and going, Mm, this box is not quite big enough, but it's almost lunchtime and I'm too lazy to walk down to the other end of the warehouse and get a bigger box. So I'm just going to jam these blister <laughs> cards into the box. And oh, this, this figure doesn't quite fit in this gap. So what I'll do is I'll just fold over the blister card. Oh, Jesus. I'll, I'll, just wow. bend, I'll just bend it over and, oh, there, it magically fits. Oh, and this one doesn't quite fit on top of this one, so I'll push it down harder so that, you know, part of the cardboard jams into the cardboard of the other one. Um, and so floating around was one of these, uh, these air bubble bags and nothing else. There was no other, um, sort of packing of any kind. None of those little kid choker polystyrene things, no screwed up, you know, paper, anything like that. And so, this person kind of just jammed them in there. And, and to be fair, because they were jammed in there, they didn't actually have the opportunity to bounce around. I guess that's what happens when you fold the card over and, and sort of shove it sideways in a box where it doesn't quite fit. So it left me a little perplexed. And uh, sure enough, I got my email saying, hey, you know, would you like to rate our packaging? And I thought, well, yes, yes, I will. <laughs> so... Don't know. Careful what you wish for. I don't know if you guys order from Amazon and whether this is sort of a, a regular thing you see. Well, I, I wonder, you know, if it's different for us here because, like, Mrs. Nerd's a, a Prime member, so she gets, like, free next-day shipping or two-day shipping or something. I don't even know. I know she normally orders stuff and it's here the next day. Mm, and, yeah. um, you know, normally, like, DVDs, when we get them, they're pretty close into a box about the same size, but we've been buying, you know, mostly box sets from Amazon. So mm-hmm. um they they're not too bad. They they you know, every once in a while we'll get something that rattles around a little bit, but but it's not coming as far either. So I don't know if that's that's part of it or not. You know, if they're a little yeah. more hey, if we're shipping it in the States we we can use a bigger box or, or something. Well, of course what makes you particularly nervous uh, about this sort of stuff is if you get box sets and they're, they're not sort of Amaray cases, they're, they're that sort of heavy cardboard because you end up with sets that have boxes with blunted corners because they've bashed around in the box, uh, so many times. I don't worry about that. 
Mm. Yeah, because I, I buy a lot of used sets, so um, you know we see that from them because we'll get stuff from other sellers too. So we don't always get stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah. Pristine anyway. So mm, I, fair I enough. About that a whole lot. And, and well, I, I, yeah. I'm a figure opener now. Yeah. I did have somebody at work that um, she was ordering Christmas presents, and uh, she ordered something, and it was like a big ride-on kids' vehicle. I think is what it was. Showed up at her doorstep, not in a shipper box. Ah, it just okay. had the label on the outside of the box, and uh, they actually get home like sometimes after their kids. But she, that day, that particular day, she got home before her kids, and she's like, "Well, I'm really glad I did because if not, you know, it would have been this box sitting on the porch." <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, yes. So. Well, look, I, I am an opener, and and so all my uh, Ninja Turtles figures, I, I do open up and throw away the packaging, but. Um, you know, for me, this is just a, an ongoing uh, cause of uh, perplexion, I guess. Uh, it it's just... not the first time I've had this comment from members of the podcast team. So. Yeah. So, but anyway, for, for that reason, Amazon, I'm giving you the red card of the week. Yeah. Yeah, take that. And coming yeah. up after that well-deserved fail is our discussion topic of the week. Hey, kids, I'm here to tell you about two extremely famous corners, Mario Mario and Luigi Mario, from the Super Mario Bros. movie. You want to know what makes them super? Because they triumph over the evil Koopa and his brains, sidekicks, Iggy and Spike, using only their plumbing tools, and they battle the Goombas. Koopa's hideous dino human army. Those Goombas are scary. The Super Mario Bros. action figures from Earl. But don't worry, they're not real. Well, for this episode, our discussion topic of the week, we're talking action figure stands. And, John, you've got a little bit of uh, experience in this area, so why don't you take it away? Yeah, um, this kind of came up because some people online were talking about it, and I saw it, and uh, it got me thinking, you know, action figure stands have been around since, you know, the vintage Star Wars days when you had the uh, the mail away for the, um, you know, the early bird kit. You had that display arena that they redid here a few years ago. And um, ever since then, we've all been trying to figure out how to stand our figures up. And, <laughs> and, and really, it, it comes down to, you know, um, especially for some of the, the three and three-quarter figure collectors, uh, it might be difficult to get some particular figures to stand. Or if you uh, live in an area maybe with a lot of traffic, uh, you know, you come home and find all your figures laying on the ground. Because if you set them up in nice, neat rows, you get the domino effect going where one figure falls over and... <laughs> takes out a whole a whole bunch yeah. of other figures so um <laughs> you know, uh, that's that's necessitated the the use of stands for a lot of people and uh there's a whole bunch of different kinds out there and they go from very very basic to um you know some very advanced type stands but um just kind of throwing it out there uh do you guys use stands in your displays um, well, it's interesting. Now, once we started talking about this topic, I got to thinking about stands and, uh, I mean, the, the ones that really leap out at me are the, the, the decorative ones that came with the Marvel Legends figures, uh, in the early waves. There were some really, really ornate bases that, that came with the figures, um, you know, destroyed sentinel robots and you could stand your figure, you know, on those bases in a big victorious pose. And uh, I've never been a big fan. I mean, I like the idea and, I, and a lot of them are well executed. I just don't generally use them because they take up so much space. So they usually end up sort of relegated to that 
that sort of plastic tub of extras that you don't use. Um, but beyond that, I, I don't really go out of my way to use them. I'm not a three and three quarter collector. But certainly you, you did get me thinking, John, about some of those early action figure stands, those very, very basic ones. You know, it might be just a, a very plain round disc. And do you think they came about because it was a, a subtle way of the company saying, you know, our products are too crap to stand up on their own? Well, you know, the first time I ordered stands, because I, I actually ordered some back kind of like when I got back into figure collecting, and it was right around the time of uh, Star Wars Episode One, when all of the battle droids started coming out. Because I probably have, you know, 20 to 50 battle droids. <laughs> somewhere in there. And um, as you know from the movie, those those are not, they're very spindly characters to begin with, mm. you know, because they're CGI, so they, they don't have to, you know, be substantive, substantive as a, as a figure. And, mm. um, I would set them up and, and I like to have like, you know, my figure set up not in rows, but more in like a, a scene type thing. And I'd, I'd have yeah. a, a battle going on between the, the Gungans and the battle droids. And, um, you know, I'd come home and half the battle droids would be, you know, laying down. So, uh, the first stands I ordered were actually black disc stands, um, specifically for the battle droids because they just would not stand on their own and, and you couldn't make a display with them any other way. Yeah, true, true. Yeah, what about you, Adam? I use quite a few. Um, surprisingly, not for my Marvel Universe stuff. Uh, more for the um, six-inch flying kind of guys, which is largely Dragon Ball Z stuff, and okay. I'll, I'll season for some of the Marvel Legends and such. Hmm. Okay. But that's also a case of trying to get a bit of height to, you know, free up some um, some actual deck space to get more hands on. <laughs> So, so the Marvel Universe figures, you just you just wing it and try and stand them up as best you can. Yeah, pretty much. I find that if you put them, pack it in close enough, they don't really fall over. Yeah, see, see, that's what I was thinking too when John was talking about figures that don't stand up particularly well. Like some of my Marvel Legends figures, like Storm, uh, is a notorious example where she's got these tiny, tiny feet, and because of the sort of the the really sort of I guess bulbous hair that she was sculpted with. She's incredibly top heavy, but I just have her in my display where the figure behind her has their arm up. And so she's effectively just leaning back on that person's arm. And, um, you know, you, you, you kind of just use a, I don't know, a bit of an illusion that she's happily standing there on her own. So I don't actually use bases. Well, I think, um, you know, that's, that's a common uses for female figures because, they tend to have uh, smaller ankles and smaller, thinner legs, and, you know, they, they don't necessarily stand as well as some of the, you know, if you mm. a, a guy in full body armor and, you know, like Hellboy, he's going to stand a lot better, and he has a tail, so, you know. Yeah, yeah. But but Liz may not stand as well next to him, so. Um, speaking of Marvel Legends, one of the, the first stands that, that kind of comes about that people use for various things are the, the dupe stands. Um, I, I know mm. people have used those for other... Uh, Legends figures as well, mm-hmm. but uh, you know you kind of you kind of see some reuse of some of those things, you know, where people are like, oh yeah, I like that stand, I'll use it to you know, make such and such flying or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and certainly when I was looking around for stands that I have, the the ones that that came to mind immediately were, I think they refer to them now as the Marvel Legends dupe. Stands. They they first came with um, the dupe packing character who came with Deadpool, um, and it's a a base with sort of a, a I guess like a, a classic. 
Captain America shield shape, and then you've got this sort of multi-articulated post coming out, and you stick it in the bottom of Doop, and um, you know that allows you to get some some pretty nifty uh, sort of flying poses. But I'm I'm more of a rank and file type person. I'll just sort of line, not necessarily in lines, but I'll just sort of stand figures up and then stand the next one sort of in front, but you know in between the two figures behind. Um, and so I've never really gone out of my way to have figures, you know, in flying poses and things like that. And what I actually found is with those particular dupe stands, um, when I work on customs, uh, I'm often spraying either with um, a can or an airbrush. And I actually found that those dupe stands were particularly handy for putting a figure on and you could just sort of gently rotate it. And so the dupe, the dupe stands that I do have are completely covered in paint now. Oh, wow. Well, that's kind of cool, though. I mean, that's a good use for a stand that you wouldn't think of um, yeah. in general. Mm. Mm. Um, you know, a lot of companies have came out, include like a, a clear plastic disc or, you know, even a black disc. Um, I know the Muppet figures, they came with stands, although I don't really, there aren't a whole lot of the Muppet ones that really need them. Um, some of them came with a black disc and the early ones came with a Muppet logo stand. But I know the McFarlane ones, when they came out, they... Um, they tended to be a little oversized uh, for a six-inch figure, you know. They were yeah, a little yeah. big. Yeah, in general, a stand really needs to be discreet, doesn't it? I mean, you're using it for a reason, but you, unless it's one of those, as I mentioned before with the Marvel Legends, where it's a, you know, a destroyed sentinel hand or something like that, I mean, if it's really just being used for a figure to, to stand up or to be shown in a flying position, you really want them to be as discreet as possible. Mm. And I, I, speaking of being discreet, I think that's one the stand that came up that uh, people were talking about that kind of made me think of this was the uh, flying stands from Mattel. Um, mm. Go to the the Maddie Collector store and buy them, and uh, I don't really see those as being discreet. <laughs> the new yeah. one or the old one? Because the other one was discreet, but the the new one, what is it? Flying stand 2.0. 2.0. Yeah. Yeah. It just flying stand 1.0 was not much better. <laughs> um, I, I just, it looks like a giant robot arm holding a figure up. And, uh, oh, yes, the, the many ones. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a big fan at all. And I, I can see the, the, the execution, I mean, for those people who, I mean, if you're sort of looking at it on your iPod and you can't really see it, um, the, the base of the Maddie stands are effectively a U-shape. And the, the open part of the U faces out towards you. And I think that's so that they're sort of open if you just want to put something, um, you know, use the, the, the top claw around someone's waist. You can still stand them in the U shape, um, and have them stand flat without actually standing on a base, which then gives them additional height. So your figures effectively maintain the same height as the figure next to it, but have the benefit of the, uh, the, you know, the stand. From stopping them from falling over, I guess. Yeah, but the, mm. the claw that holds them is like, you might as well have a two-year-old standing there holding it the size of that claw. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're, they're not discreet at all. So. No, but they look like they're a bit more articulated and functional than figure, uh, flying stand 1.0. Yeah, and they're not cheap either. No, they're no. 15 bucks a piece, or are they 15 a pair? Looks like they're 15 a piece. Yeah, that's, that's just ridiculous. There's no way I'd be paying that for a... I don't care how much I want my figures to fly. Yeah. Um, now you said you buy some flying type stands, Adam. What what what's your preference? So at the moment, my preference is unsurprisingly a Tamashi product. Um, 
if you can get a hold of it, the Tamashi Stand support stage Act 4 for Humanoid Clear is fantastic. You get three, four, three of them for about 15, 16 bucks US. Um, okay. so you get, uh, a, uh, how big is it? Let me have a look. It's probably, uh, a couple inches by three inches kind of thing. Um, rectangularly kind of shape. For the clear base, um, you can, it has a bunch of holes in it that you can, um, punch out. So it's got little fill-ins if you don't punch them out. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, that you plug an arm into. You can either plug a, a adjustable arm or you can plug in just a post. Um, and I think from memory you can put the post on top of the arm, but then it depends on what the claw system you want to put on is. So you've got a couple of fixed claws and you've got a one where you can create your own adjustable claw. Mm. Um, and they're, they're really quite good. I've got those, um, going for Dragon Ball Z stuff. I've got it going for my, um, my Kami and Akuma Street Fighter. What are they? They're not, they're playouts Kai figures so that they're actually off the ground and supported. So yeah, they do a really good job. Do they hold them up off the ground pretty well or? Yeah. So for the, the playouts Kai things, cause I mean, they're quite a heavy figure, um, I've got two stands, I think, supporting each one, like two arms supporting each one, just to to balance them. Hmm. That's, that's pretty cool. And you know, there are some the, the, the Japanese collectors really have it made here because there are some fantastic uh, bases and, and stands, and they're, they're all these articulated little jointed arm supports. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they've got like a Tamashi put out a a um. A three-way tridenty thing, so you, you can have three figures on the one stand, yes. make them look like they're fighting. And yes, yes, I've seen those. Fantastic! I think they had a um an actual rotating mirror-based one as well. Yeah, and leave it to point. leave it to Hot Toys to come up with something similar to that with their their sort of rotating illuminated turntable stand. Yeah, like that that's one, um that one actually has a thing where you can put like a nameplate in it, and um, that one's pretty cool. Yeah. 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 The thing that's different that caught my eye about that one though is, um, you know, for 12 inch figures, you normally use a, a doll stand and if you're offended by that, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> which, you know, it fits up under the, the armpits and, you know, it's like some wire and has a post in the back. But these are actually the, uh, the, the doll stands that fit up in the, um, well, just for lack of a better term, crotch area mm. and, uh, hold the figure without, you know, covering up their back, um, which is, Probably uncomfortable for the figure, but it, it makes it look just a little bit better. I yeah. Think. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And I think one of the ones that always seems to get a, a mention is the, um, is it the Whippy stand? Yeah. That seems to be a yeah. really popular one. Yeah. And they're hard to come by now, aren't they? I think they, they seem to come in waves and everyone goes mad and then you can't find them for another six months and. Yeah. Yeah. I, I they, that seemed to be the choice for flying uh, Marvel Legends figures. Yeah, this is the one that you see in, uh, I think, Hyperion. Uh, Jeremy, a.k.a. Hyperion, is quite um, fond of, and um, he actually buys clear plastic rod and extends the whippy stands. So um, he's got uh, quite a, an impressive diorama of, of his DC figures, and so some of his figures are, you know, uh, you know, a couple of feet off the ground because he extends the whippy stand. Um, and, and makes use of that. Uh, and these are quite fun because basically they're, they're straight up vertical. You, the, the figure effectively, um, sits, you know, 
12 inches higher than where it would normally be standing on your shelf. So there's no sort of ornate flying positions. It's really just about being straight up in the air as if the, the character's taking off. Yeah, yep. there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's a, a perfectly good way. And it, yeah, it's, yeah. it's kind of like um, what you were saying. It kind of gives you height, and, and Adam as well. It kind of gives you some height and some variability in a display that you can, okay, here, if I put this character flying in the back, now I've got, you know, a little space freed up on the on the ground to exactly. maybe get yeah. some other figures yeah. in front of them. Yeah, and I think why these were also so popular is because they were actually cheap. I believe they were as well. Mm. I believe they were as well. Um yeah. You know, speaking of cheap, I, I'm obviously a three and three quarter collector, and um, one of the things that uh, you know I look for in figure stand is, you know, you, Hasbro's done a nice job between their GI Joe, Star Wars, Marvel Universe lines. They all have the same foot peg, mm-hmm. so if you have a stand that works, and, and I had reviewed some of the the stands for Marauder, and they're kind of um, kind of like a rectangular base, but they've got keyed sections in them, so you can fit them together in different different ways. But they did something clever because they're intended for G.I. Joe. They actually put a, uh, a new style Hasbro peg and a uh, vintage G.I. Joe peg on the same stand. Uh, which is okay. kind of nice because um, you can mix and match your display that way. You know, if you want a, yep. a, a vintage figure in a, and they'll still fit together. Um, That's clever. Yeah, because when I ordered black disc stands for uh, my Star Wars figures, I actually ordered both sizes because the vintage ones are a different size foot peg. So. Mm, mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I occasionally use the, you know, those very, very basic, um, you know, oval-shaped discs with no, sorry, the oval-shaped stands with no sort of adornment on it um, for some of my DCD, my DC Direct figures. Um, DC Direct sort of have a, a lot of figures that are notoriously bad at standing up on their own, and so using just one of those simple um, stands makes life much easier. Yeah, yeah. I, I have to agree. And personally, like the plain black generic ones, or even the clear ones, I, I'm more of a fan of black ones, but um, I actually prefer these over like uh, even like the G.I. Joe stands that have their names on them mm-hmm. and the logo bases, just because I think it looks a little cleaner in a display, you know, than to have, you know, if you have 10 figures all lined up in a row and they all say G.I. Joe on the base with their code names, it's it's just a little overwhelming you know i'm exactly the same in fact uh if i buy an action figure and i open it up and there's a stand that in any way draws you out of reality because there's you know the character's name plastered across it uh, or anything like that it immediately goes in that um that plastic bin full of extras uh it's it's a pet peeve of mine you know having characters names or logos i mean logos if they're discreet i don't mind them um, but generally speaking, yeah, anything like that, if, if it's not just generic, then I won't use it. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. And so do, do you think there is a, a perfect stand? I mean, you know, Adam, you're obviously, you've used a few different ones. Does, you know, one stand higher than the others? And if so, does it meet all of your expectations? Or do you think, you know, there's, um, there's room out there for someone to deliver the, the perfect action figure display stand? I think really it comes down to there's two options. There's the I just want to put out a a big lot of figures standing at at normal figure height. Um, for that, I think the Marauder stands look like they're probably pretty good at that because they they all interlock. I have a feeling, and I can't find it anymore, but at some point someone was putting out a um, like a roll up kind of mat that just had figure pegs on it. Okay, interesting. Um, and I think that would be quite good for the same thing. 
the other option obviously is you want a flight stand or you want something that gives you a bit of height. Um, and you know, so for that, I would say definitely for me, it's the, the Tamashi stands. They're, they're cheap and affordable. They do a fantastic job and they give you a lot of options as to how you want to set them up. Mm-hmm. It's just no contest, particularly you compare it to that horrible Maddie thing in it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know who that's for apart from idiots that don't know that there are people other than Maddie out there making stands. Yeah, yeah. What are the options with the Tamashi one? I mean, for holding a figure, you got pretty good options, or yeah. So there's um, I'll just grab one of the sets if I can get out of them. So you get um, there's three kinds of claws. Um, so there's a couple of prefab ones that are basically designed for plugging into. Um, or onto the top of the, what's its face, the bendable arm. Um, and then there's another one which is, it's essentially a clip-on piece that clips onto either the bendable arm or the, the straight pole and has two little holes in it that you can then put your, um, it's got punt like, or on their, what are they, grommets or whatever they are, that you, like a, a model kit, you basically bend them and they come off and it has two little claw bits that you insert into it. And that's the one that allows you to pretty much just go ahead and, and make a really tall however you want it. Kind of set up. So that's really good. Like if I um, use one of those for, uh, say a Marvel Universe figure flying, would, would you think that would work? Would there be a claw that would fit them? Yeah, for sure. Okay. At the very worst, you'd just go ahead and just make your own little custom one. It'd be no, no big drama. Um, so I definitely recommend those. Um, and I'd also look at some of the other Tamashi stuff. So I mean, as I said last week, I bought the, um, Saint Sayer cloth myth. X display stand, which is not a clear Tamashi base, but it's a similar thing and it's got the, the bendable poles. I don't think it had the straight poles, but that came with other effects parts as well. So, and that was obviously a bit more expensive, but you still got three of them, like three sets of everything. And it was okay, about 24, uh, 20, 24 bucks US. Hmm. Yeah, that's really not that unreasonable if you've got a, especially a particularly favorite figure, I don't think. Yeah. 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 I mean, I was thinking that. Something that I'd love to see, and, and I know they do this for wargaming, is um, there are third-party companies out there who bring out um, bases for wargaming miniatures, and they're themed. Um, there's a couple of companies out there like Cyborg Miniatures who do, you know, some amazing bases. Um, you know, everything from sort of jungle-themed um, rock. Um, snow, uh, I've even seen some where it looks like sort of lava's bubbling up between, you know, cracks and things like that, um, right through to sci-fi, you know, with metal grates and, and things like that. And, and I was thinking about that for action figures, uh, both three and three quarter and six inch. And it, it's kind of a double-edged sword really, because if you, if you just go with a, a flat stand, then it, it's really difficult to accommodate everybody because peg holes in, in action figures feet, you know, vary in, in size. And so, um, accommodating everybody is going to be expensive but then as soon as you step away from that flat surface and you go to something that involves a claw then you, you really are cranking up the price mm. but there's no reason you couldn't have a swap out peg no that's true didn't the um mattel uh like grayskull bases didn't they have swap out pegs where you mm. could put them in different places maybe okay yeah i think you're right. mm. i don't know yeah, and I mean, you know, certainly looking around at my collection, uh, I'm actually amazed at how few bases I actually have. Uh, mine have been single figures at best. If you take out statues, which have bases, 
Um, I've got a few DC direct figures that, that require bases to stand up. Otherwise I wouldn't use them. Um, and then the same goes for a couple of my, um, Bandai SH monster arts, like my King Kong has one of those claw, um, bases that sort of help him stand up in some of the, the wackier poses that I tend to put him in every now and then. But, um, beyond that, yeah, I really don't use them much. Yeah. I, you know, Around Star Wars Episode Three, they actually came out with some different bases. They had a jungle base and they had a, a lava base and a, you know, like a starship base. But when they did them, and, and this is what the problem I think would be, um, like the Marauder bases all fit real neatly together. Mm-hmm. When when Hasbro did their you know non-standard bases, they uh, they didn't tend to fit together real nicely. Yeah, you know they were kind of you you wouldn't make a, a certain shape. It was just these odd pieces that fit together um, mm. kind of frustrated me, you know, because you can yeah. either, either make it make something or, or make it plain, I think, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was interesting because with the resurgence of Marvel Legends, when Marvel Legends came back with the uh, the Terax and Arnim Zola waves, um, we started to see the inclusion of some new bases. They were these sort of, um, you know, I guess, futuristic-looking um, you know, metal. They were, what were they? They were, they were hexagons. Yeah, those came out the movie Avengers figures as well, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And we started to see them, but then they disappeared as quickly as they appeared. So it's, it's kind of weird because if you use them for the figures that they came with, um, they stand above the rest of your collection. Uh, and I mean, I have actually seen them for sale from some of the Chinese sellers. So if it was something that you wanted to commit to, um, you know, you could certainly go on and buy those in bulk from some uh, some of the eBay sellers and, and do that. But, um, I mean, they slot together nicely, but as soon as you get a couple of figures that are oversized, um, they start to sort of get in the way of each other. But it was an interesting concept, particularly the way they lock together, like the Marauder ones. Yeah. Yeah, that that was a nicer job than what they had done previously, so that's mm. for sure. Mm. Indeed. Indeed. All right, guys, any last comments, thoughts, questions? No, I think we, we've, we've stood this topic up and, you know, it's stood it on its own. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, well, it was indeed fun. I didn't realize just how many different types of stands were out there. All right. Well, that wraps up our discussion topic, and uh, we'll come back in a moment and we'll uh, wrap up the show. Thunder, 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 thunder. Introducing the evil mutant warriors, Rattero. Soldier Man, the Destroyer, battle against Lion-O and the new Thundercat allies, Hatchie Man, Snowman, Tusker Warrior, the battle is on for the Sword of Omen. Thunder, 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 Figures and vehicles each sold separately from LJF. Well, as we wrap up the show, I mean, if you'd like to hear your questions, comments, or suggestions on future episodes, you can email us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com and you may just hear it read out. And guys, that brings us to the conclusion of the episode. Thank you very much. Yay. <laughs> oh, that doesn't sound very enthusiastic. Is that because you want to keep going? Because we can. Well, because sure. it's not here to whip us into shape. That's right. That's right. Yeah, we're cranking along nicely. All right. Very good. Well, thank you for your company, gentlemen, and uh, I hope you enjoy the rest of the festive season. Well, and, and Happy New Year to everybody out there. Indeed. That's right. We'll this will be coming out right around uh, the time of the New Year. So unless it's the Chinese New Year you go by, then, you know, I think we have some time yet. But Yeah, that's a yeah. whole different conversation, isn't it? Yeah. Uh-uh. Very good. 
All right. Well, thank you one and all, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Night, Argentina. The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and downloaded direct at actionfigurebluest.com by clicking on the podcast tab. If you do listen to us on iTunes, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join in with all of the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, new releases, old lines, and engage in trades and sales in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, please don't forget to check out our sponsors like Mike's Comics and Stuff, ShelfLife.net, and the Pop Culture Superstore, who help keep our site running. You can also find us on Twitter at AFBlues and on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash actionfigureblues. Thanks for listening. Jingle bells, Batman smells, Robin laid an egg. What does that even mean? Bruce Wayne can't afford deodorant? Robin laid an egg? Is that because he's a bird? But he's a boy. I don't understand. While you're pondering those thoughts, this is the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number 97 for the week of Wednesday, the 25th of December, 2013. I'm Ben, and joining me tonight are... John. And Adam. This episode is brought to you by Superpower Collectibles and ActionFigureBlues.com. Tonight, our toy... Oh, fuck off. Tonight. Because <laughs> uh, back to being scousers, yeah. Oh, man. So close yet so far.